the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Grounded and Growing in Christ. I'm Dan Rhoda, a pastor of Worland Park Christian Reformed Church, and today we are going to open the Bible together to hear from God's Word. To hear all of the messages in this series, please visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. There you can learn more about this audio ministry. And we'd love if you'd consider providing financial support by making a gift of any amount. If you're not part of the local church, Orland Park Christian Reformed Church welcomes you to worship with us this Sunday as we gather to worship and hear the Word of God proclaimed. You can learn more about our church at groundedandgrowingradio.com. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 119? Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the entire Bible. No matter what way you use to try to determine number of verses, it's the longest. Number of pages it takes up, it's the longest. It takes up more than five pages. Because it is so long, I'm not going to be reading the whole thing this morning. I talked to Pastor Lee, who's a pastor who served this congregation for a little over a year, about how he did it when he preached on Psalm 119. And he said, oh, it isn't, it isn't so bad. It's only about 20 minutes to read Psalm 119. I said, Lee, did you just close in prayer and end the sermon after reading that much in the, in the service? No, he had a half-hour sermon after that. But because that is so much time, I'm going to read from one section. I want for us to start by taking a look at verses 129 to 136. This is what God's Word says. Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me, as is your way with those who love your name. Keep steady my steps according to your promise and let no iniquity get dominion over me. Redeem me from man's oppression that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. I have always been a sucker for poetry. You might think it's boring, but if that's the case, we're going to have to agree to disagree because I love it. I love poetry. Any poetry in any place right now, if it's written recently, I love it. If it rhymes, any poetry I love, if it rhymes, if it was written recently, and if there is any kind of poetry that rhymes, it sticks in my head and in my mind like you would not believe if it rhymes. Because so many children's books rhyme, I've got children's books running through my head at every point of every day because I read them to my daughter. Let me prove that to you. This is from my daughter's favorite book called The Pout Pout Fish in the Big Big Dark, which was given to us by a family in the congregation. I won't embarrass them by saying who, but they can tell you afterwards if they want. All right, here we go. I won't keep swimming in this heap deep black. I know I made a promise, but this fish is going back. Then a whisper, now familiar, whisked away his dread. You can do it, Mr. Fish, her sweet voice said, though there wasn't any light, 
Not the smallest slim glimmer, Mr. Fish felt braver, cheered on by Miss Shimmer. Two are faster than a sailfish, two are stronger than a shark. I'm going to stop right there, but I could go on. I can go through the rest of the book if you'd like, because it's poetry. It sticks in there and I can't get it out. This is one of the benefits of poetry. Poetry is wonderful, and it communicates a depth of emotion, and it stays with you more than just regular prose does. And because of that, poetry throughout the ages has been the perfect vehicle to write about deep love for something. Sometimes it's the love of a young man for a young woman. Sometimes it's the love of a wife for her husband, or vice versa. Sometimes it's the love of a friend. But poetry is often the vehicle to communicate that love because poetry transcends normal prose. It's deeper, and it also sticks with you. I love the example of a poem that was written by Anne Bradstreet in the 1600s. The 1600s is a wonderful century for poetry, but she wrote it about her husband. She said, if ever two were one, then surely we. If ever man were loved by wife, then thee. If ever wife was happy in a man, compare with me, women, if you can. I prize thy love more than whole mines of gold. For all the riches that the East doth hold, thy love is such I can no way repay. The heavens reward thee manifold, I pray. It's a beautiful poem written by a lovely woman for her husband. You might not love poetry like I do. Again, I think it's wonderful. Maybe you don't love poetry as much as I do because poetry recently, I think, has diminished in quality. And I think this is objectively the case. Poetry is just not as good as it once was. And let me muster this for some proof. This is one of the most popular love poems of the last decade. One of the most popular love poems of the last 10 years. All right. Baby, you light up my world like nobody else. The way you flip your hair gets me overwhelmed. But when you smile at the crown, it ain't hard to tell. You don't know, oh, oh, oh. You don't know you're beautiful. It's one of the most popular poems, love poems, the last 10 years. And I submit, it's not good. (laughs) Maybe this is your issue with poetry. You've only heard recent poetry. But let me tell you this. God loves poetry. So much so that he inspired for us a book of 150 of them. There are other poems in scripture than those that we find in the book of Psalms. Like when Adam sees his wife Eve for the first time and he says, This is bone of my bone and this is flesh of my flesh. There's love poetry. Erotic love poetry is the song of Solomon. But the Psalms, it's all poems. 150 of them. And this one, Psalm 119, this one is the longest. And this one is a love poem. This one is a love poem. A love poem about the word of God. A love poem about the law of God. And it's a masterpiece. If we were to have read through the whole poem, you would have noticed that there are various headings that work their way through all of Psalm 119. And if your Bible is open, you can take a look at them with me. I'm on page 606 in my Bible at the very beginning of Psalm 119. If you're there, you can see that before the words begin, it says Aleph. Now, that is the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And after that are eight verses. 
This poem is broken up in a certain sort of way. Each alphabet in the Hebrew alphabet is used, starting with, starting with the very first, ending with the very last. It's running from A to Z. In each stanza, that's each section, each stanza is eight verses, exactly eight verses. And in each stanza, each one of the verses begins with that particular letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So if you take a look at your Bible, verses one through eight, that's eight verses, all Aleph. The first word in each verse begins with that letter, Aleph. In verses 9 through 16, which go next, each one of those verses begins with the letter bet, the second letter in the Hebrew alphabet, the same with the same with Gimel, 17 through 24, and so on and so on and so forth. It's um it's an acrostic poem in that way, and it's masterfully composed and constructed. It's a lot of verses long, as you probably notice. You can page through it again on many different pages. It's 176 verses. And in 169 of those verses, the psalmist makes some reference to the word of God, sometimes using different words like uh, law, testimonies, precepts, statutes, commandments, rules, promises, word. It all centers on the revelation of God in words. Today's message on Grounded and Growing in Christ will continue in just a moment. To learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, to listen to other messages from our audio ministry, or to make a financial gift of any amount, please visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. That's groundedandgrowingradio.com. This audio ministry is made possible by gifts from listeners like yourself. And we greatly appreciate all those of you who continue to make it possible to share this work with listeners across Chicagoland. Now let's return to today's message. Let me read again the section of scripture that I began by reading and just notice the passion and the love in this section of scripture. Verses 129 and following. Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your word gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me as is your way with those who love your name. Keep steady my steps according to your promise and let no iniquity get dominion over me. Redeem me from man's oppression that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. It's a passionate poetry of love for the word, for the law of God, for his ways. And my prayer is for all of us today that you and I will be captivated by God's word, by God's law, by God's rules, by his precepts, by his ways that will desire it just like the psalmist desires it. And so at the end of a lot of years, when people come to the end of the year, people oftentimes will create lists of, uh, of some of the best things that have taken place in the year or the decade that has just gone by. What I want to do is for us to briefly go through a list that I've made myself. I came up with 10 wonderful things about God's word that this psalm in God's word tells us about. 10 wonderful things about God's word and his law from God's word. In this beautiful love poem. Do you want to know why God's word is wonderful? Why it is to be desired? Here are ten reasons for you. Here's the first one. Number one. It brings hope. 
Verses 43 and 49 and 114 of this psalm tell us this. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. Remember your word to your servant in which you have made me hope, and you are my hiding place and shield. I hope in your word. For those of us that belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and keep and follow the word of God and the law of God, we have a certain and established and an abiding hope. A hope that doesn't rise or fall based upon circumstances, but a hope that is firmly established and immovable. If you have God's word, there is always reason for you to hope. And with God's word, it's not just, oh man, I'm crossing my fingers that the thing that God says in here are true or will come to be. When it's God's word, it is, this is certain that it will take place. All of God's promises will come to be. Everything that God has said is sure, and that means that no matter what it is that you are experiencing, you can have a lasting, firm hope contained in the Word of God. Number two, God's Word brings freedom. Verses 44 and 45 of the psalm tell us this, I will keep your law continually forever and ever. And I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. This is a poem, right? So it's using a a vivid imagery to tell us that God's law, that his word, brings to us freedom. Psalmist says, I will keep your law continually, and therefore I will walk in a wide place. Walking in a wide place here is telling us of the incredible freedom that the psalmist has because he is somebody that keeps the law of God, that keeps the precepts of God. And in keeping God's precepts and laws, there is extraordinary freedom. This is actually the exact opposite of what we might might be tempted to believe and what some people say. People will say at times, you know, I I don't want to keep God's commandments or his laws because that takes away my freedom. I don't want to be bound or constrained to that. But Christ actually comes that we can have life and have it to the full. And Jesus always brings us freedom. True freedom is found in keeping God's law, not in disobeying it. Disregarding God's laws brings the freedom only to die. My grandpa always used to draw an illustration in telling this. He said that trying to be free apart from the law of God is like a fish trying to be free of the water. And he would tell a story. Imagine a fish that got it in his own head that that to be free, he needs to escape the constraints of the ocean in which he swam. A lot of times he would swim around and, and he'd peek his head up from the water and he would see a beach ahead of him and he thought, that's real freedom right there, to exit the water and to be on the beach. And so one day he decided he was going to free himself from the constraints of the ocean. And so he worked up speed, swimming towards the shore. At the very last moment, when when the water was getting very shallow, the fish used all of his strength, mustered his strength, and jumped up onto the shore, freed himself from the ocean, and he was finally free to die. Free to die. The kind of freedom that is brought about by God's word is a life-giving, genuine, true freedom. 
And this is another reason to eagerly desire it, because it brings freedom. Number three, it brings courage. God's word, his law brings courage. Two verses tell us of this in Psalm 119. Verse 46 says, I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame. And verse 157 says, many are my persecutors and my adversaries, but I do not swerve from your testimonies. Psalm 119 tells us that when you have the word of God, when you have the law of God and when you keep it, you are given courage in the most extraordinary of circumstances. When you're standing before the most important and powerful person in the whole land, standing before kings, you can have confidence and courage because of the word of God. And when you stand face to face with your worst enemy or adversary, you can have courage if you're following the word of God. You know, it was said of the Puritans, some of the people that came and, and founded the United States of America, that a Puritan, that a Puritan was a person that would humble himself in the dust in prayer and then rise up to put his foot on the neck of a king. So that they would have, you know, unmatched courage to be able to do that. Why? Because they had the word of God. The word of God will give you an astounding level of courage. Why? Because the most powerful one in the universe, you are on his side. Reason number four that God's word is to be desired. It brings comfort and peace. Verses 52 and 76 and 165 tell us this. Let me read them for you. When I think of your rules from of old... I take comfort, O Lord. Let your steadfast love comfort me according to your promise to your servant. And great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. It's a great benefit of keeping the law of God, of loving the law of God, of knowing the God of the scriptures. You have comfort and peace. The Heidelberg Catechism is a document that we love and appreciate and, and are instructed by. And the first question in the Heidelberg Catechism is, what is your only comfort in life and in death? And the answer is, I'm not my own. I belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. The only way for you to have comfort in both life and death that is enduring, that will not fade, is to belong to Jesus and to cling to his word. And that means that at every point in your life, even in the darkest, even in the most challenging, when you know that you have God and when you have his word and when you have his ways, you can be at peace. Even if the most challenging, difficult situations swirl around you, the heart of the one that stayed upon the Lord Jesus Christ retains comfort and peace. Why? Because our, our hope is established and founded in God and his word. Number five. God's word is to be desired because it keeps you pure. Verses 9 and 101 to 102 and 133 and 134 tell us this. Let me read these for you. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. 
I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. And keep me keep steady my steps according to your promise, and let no iniquity get dominion over me. Redeem me from man's oppression that I may keep your precepts. Purity is something that is deeply important. And the way that we arrive at purity of heart and action and conscience is by being devoted to the word of God and keeping it. In verse 9, I always find to be particularly compelling because it asks a question and then answers it. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it. According to your word. Do you want someone, do you want to be someone who is pure and whose way is pure? Then guard your way according to the word of God. The word of God, the law of God, the commandments of God, the statutes of God, they will keep you pure. They will keep you from being soiled and, and, and sullied by the evil of this world. And, and it will keep the world from stealing your joy. Purity. This is why God's word should be desired. Number six, it shows you the way. Verses 105 and 130 tell us this. Let me read them. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I wonder, have you ever been in a place that is truly pitch black, so dark that you can't see your hand in front of your face, even after your eyes adjust to the blackness? Even when you move your hand in front of the face, you can't see your way through it. There have just been a couple times in my life where I've experienced that black of darkness. But whenever you're in that sort of place that is that dark, there is a fear that pretty immediately grips you. You don't know which way is, uh, is right or left. You don't know if you've taken a turn and, and gotten off the path. And the kind of anxiety that can be yours, if you are in real true pitch blackness, can be overwhelming. The thing that you need to be able to guide you in that instance is light. After the first service, somebody told me about a time where he uh, and his wife went on a tour through a sensory deprivation area at, at a museum. He said, he said that you crawled in and they would shut the door behind you and immediately everything was pitch black and you were supposed to make your way to the other end of this sensory deprivation chamber over various obstacles that you would encounter. And he said, what we found was that immediately you felt a deep anxiety because you weren't sure what was what and what was where. You weren't sure how you were going to be getting out. And he said, and and one of the things that we found is that people would start crying out in fear because they weren't sure how to get beyond various things that they had encountered and they weren't sure how to turn around and get out. And he said there were people that were paying attention on the outside and when people would cry out in fear, he said just the dimmest light would show up. And he said in the presence of light in this place where you had seen nothing was the greatest relief. Because by it, then you could see the obstacles that were ahead of you. You could make your way out. This is what God's word is for us. If we don't have it, we're blindly going to stumble around. We're very, very quickly not going to know our way out. And what we need desperately is the light of God's word to illumine our way. To show us how to avoid pitfalls and obstacles. To show us how to make it home. 
Why should God's word be desired? It shows you the way. Number seven, it gives life. This is a theme all throughout Psalm 119. Let me read a number of the verses. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. In your steadfast love, give me life, that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. This is one of the joys of being a Christian as well, is that God is a life giver, and our Savior is a risen, living Savior. God and God alone is the one who is able to make alive that which was dead. And for every person that trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are given new life in Christ Jesus. You're made alive. You're able to turn away from your sin. And you have the promise of life to the full, not only right now, but life everlasting. It's why I want to call you and encourage you and plead with you to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because life comes from nowhere else than from Christ. My prayer is that the Lord speaks to you through His Word, that we cultivate grateful hearts to Him and flourish in a world searching for the hope that we find only in Jesus. To hear more about gratitude, to learn about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, or to support our work preaching the Bible on AM 1160 through this audio ministry, visit us today at groundedandgrowingradio.com. I'm Pastor Dan Rhoda, and on behalf of the Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, we want to thank you for your support and partnership in proclaiming the Bible here on AM 1160. If you're not part of a local church, Orland Park Christian Reformed Church welcomes you to worship with us this Sunday. You can find all the details online at groundedandgrowingradio.com. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, may God bless you. Grounded and Growing in Christ can be heard weekdays at 2 p.m. on AM 1160. I'm Derek Bukema, pastor of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church. This month, we're focusing on the topic of gratitude throughout the Bible, exploring how God has instructed us to flourish in the world with hearts grateful and thankful to God. If you're not a part of a local church, Orland Park Christian Reformed Church welcomes you to worship with us this Sunday as we gather to worship and hear the Word of God proclaimed. You can learn more about our church at groundedandgrowingradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.